Going Linux, episode 389, Listener Feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello, Bill. Hello, Larry. Are you weathering your stay at home uh, for the COVID-19? Oh, yes, absolutely. No coughs, no sniffles, no scratchy throat, no nothing. So I'm good. How about you? Uh, I'm working. So I'm in one of those uh, professions they consider essential. So I get to go down and uh, deal with people. So, yeah. That's great. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm working as well, but I'm working remotely. And so it's not, uh, I'm not, I'm not at risk. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So anyway, I, I try to minimize it. And like I said, we're, we're taking all the safety precautions and stuff. So, but I have a lot of free time on my hands <laughs> uh-huh. uh, because I'm not going anywhere. So well, we know what that means. That means <sighs> you've tried out a few distributions, right? <laughs> a few. I'm telling you now, please mark this date. I am burnt out on distro hopping. I am done. I'm not going to do any more for a very, 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 very long time. Bill, but, I'm speechless. Yes. Uh, well, you know, you, you're you going to throw that back in my face when I say, hey, I tried out this new distro. <laughs> <laughs> but it but won't no, be for a while. Yeah. It won't, it, it's not going to happen. I, I think I've, I've found... Um, one that works really well for me. But I thought since uh, I had so much time, I, I looked at a bunch of um, new releases or, or point um, upgrades to uh-huh. these releases. And I thought I would just kind of give you uh, what I found and and uh, see what you thought. Okay. So tell us what you tried out. Yeah. So the first one uh, that I looked at was Linux Mint 19.3, and that was their point release. And uh, Larry, it's quite good. It uh, they've really polished it. I mean, any little paper cuts, it, it's just it run really well uh, on on my cranky Alienware. So uh-huh. yeah, they did a really good job on that. It's uh, smooth. It runs fast. Um, so that is you know, you, it, I use the Cinnamon desktop, of course, and um, yeah, that's it. Just seems to get better and better. But well, I was real. I was really interested in their uh, Linux Mint Debian edition, or they call it its uh, LMDE4, um, and it was only in beta. Uh, so I, of course, I just fired that up and uh, put it, and it actually run well on my Alienware too. Um, hmm. I would not know unless I, well, there's a few differences, but uh, if you look at Linux Mint. Uh, one based on Ubuntu, the 19.3, and the Linux Mint De- Debian uh, edition. Um, 
it's kind of hard to tell the difference because right. I run both of them. I think that uh, it might have been the the uh, one based on Debian might have run just a tad bit faster, but nothing. Uh, nothing that would make you go, oh wow, you know. But they're both very fast, so great job on that. I think they finally brought that out of uh, beta. Uh, okay. And I think I think I I'm done distro hopping, so you got to just uh, accept the beta because I'm not going to redo. I gotta go back. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going back. So you know, we had talked earlier in the week about trying to find. Uh, distributions that were new user friendly yep. that weren't based on Debian or Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. And I, neither one of us really found anything that kind of fit the bill. So I was kind of listening to another podcast and they um, had, were talking about several different ones. So I decided to give them a try. So I put Endeavor. Uh, Linux, which is an Arch-based, uh, and, it's, and it's supposed to be new user-friendly. And it installed on uh, my machine without an issue, but there was a caveat to this. So I'm following their instruction on how to install um, the NVIDIA driver. Now, my machine has a, uh, like a, it has a built-in Intel chipset, and then it has a discrete uh, NVIDIA uh, card. So okay. I checked, made sure it was all supported. It was. I, you know, I, I did all the commands, made sure everything's right. Uh, it installed, and I'm like, hot dog. It says you need to restart. So I restarted black screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I pull up my test machine, go through, you know, seeing, okay, what did I do wrong? So I could, I, I played with it about an hour. I said, you know, this is silly. I should just go ahead and reinstall it. So I reinstalled and everything's, you know, beautiful again. I went and said, okay, let me go ahead and, and try this uh, NVIDIA because it has to be user error. So I did again. And I made I right, line by line, everything, all the checks, uh, check boxes ticked, everything. And what happens? Black screen. <laughs> So, Endeavor is very easy to install. Uh, It's I'm still getting used to the way Arch does stuff, but if you have an Intel-based card, I think Endeavor Linux uh, is is not bad. You know, if you want to see what the Arch is about, uh, that might be a good one to start. And uh, so, I said, well, you know, since Arch has got all these different distributions. Uh, let me see if any of these will kind of fit the bill so we can offer uh, different choices okay. uh, for people that uh, are looking for a, a Linux. So uh, uh, Big Daddy Linux was talking about Arco Linux, and they do these two-week challenges. And I had never heard of this thing. So I said, well, that sounds like a plan. Well, it won't run it just doesn't like my machine, and you gotta remember now. I have a cranky Alienware, so it only likes certain things. It's 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 like a, a grumpy old dog. It it only wants okay. to do what it wants to do. Yeah. So uh, I said, well, that's a shame. So I put it on my test machine, and it installed flawlessly, worked well, and I'm like, wow, okay. So I've been using that as just a uh, to play around with and uh, then I heard that he had a YouTube channel he has like 1300 videos on every aspect 
This is the developer of uh, the developer. Games. I don't know how yeah. he develops. He, he how he develops anything because he has. It seems like all he does is make videos, which they're good videos, and and it's a step by step. And the reason I'm bringing this up, if if you're uh, been in Linux a little while or or new and just want to learn some uh, more facts on how uh, Linux works, it's it's not. It, it does talk about his distro, but you'll learn a lot. That will apply to all distributions. Mm-hmm. So I put the show the link uh, to his YouTube channel, uh, but Arco uh, is uh, Arco Linux is running really well on my uh, test machine, which only has an NVIDIA, uh, not NVIDIA, excuse me, a uh, Intel card, you know, and so uh, it's a good learning experience. I, I've learned quite a bit. Um, he's got several different way, uh, ways to install it. You can get one that you can just put uh, your thumb drive in, and it's ready to go. And if you don't have uh, cranky hardware, it should install just fine. Uh, but he also has some other Im- uh, other uh, images that he, he he walks you through on how to build a system, and you learn quite a bit that, it, like I said, applies to other uh, you know distributions. You, you're going to pick up some things, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, it's 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 fun uh, to learn, uh, and it's arch based, of course. And uh, so far, it has been running really really well on machine. So I'm going to continue playing with that on my test machine, just learning more. I might wipe it. Uh, and try and try one of the other ISOs that he provides and build it from you know step by step following the videos. Um, I just I did the one I just wanted when you put into uh, you put your thumb drive in it installs and it works. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, if anybody's interested in learning more about Linux or or, or interested in um, Arch. I would suggest uh, either Endeavor Linux or Arco Linux. Arco, I would I kind of lean a little bit more to. Um, and then I said, okay, I've had enough uh, fun with uh, Arch, so let me get back and try to find a new user distribution for RPM. Because when people say, what should we use? We said, well, why don't you try, you know, Linux Mint or Ubuntu Mate or, you know, insert distribution here. So I mentioned to you that how's OpenSUSE look or OpenSUSE, however you want to pronounce right, it. Right, right. Uh, and you said you hadn't used it for a while. I said, well, you know, they've had a few releases and they're, they've got two. They've got OpenSUSE Leap and OpenSUSE uh, Tumbleweed. And Tumbleweed is a rolling uh, and Leap is more of the traditional uh, Ubuntu model. Yep. So okay. I decided to uh, try the OpenSUSE Leap because that's just what I think a new user would want to try first. They, you know, they they don't want they don't want to know about you know rolling's more you know, rolling might bork your <laughs> system or you know this you have to check your updates more. So I said, well, let's just go with OpenSUSE. OpenSUSE Leap. So I installed it. It installed fine on the um, machine. It run it run okay, but it, that one reminded me more of what you would have in a corporate environment. Mm, and it just okay. and and there, there's panels everywhere, and it's more it, it come across to me as a more corporate um, 
uh, distribution. Right, and, right. And because it's, bo- it's based on uh, SUS, and SUS is uh, like Red Hat. They provide a lot of desktops to corporations. So I just didn't – it didn't fit my needs. There was nothing wrong with it. It just didn't do what I wanted. So then I talked to you, and I said, hey, I wanted to see what how Ubuntu Mate is coming along with the 2004 and you sent me a link in discord and I downloaded the, the, uh, ISO and I burned it and it is looking very good. It, uh, run really well. I liked a lot of the little changes that he's made, you know, just little paper cuts that, you know, used to annoy me a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I said, yeah, this is not bad. This is really good. I used to, before you updated, you, the whisker menu, for me anyway, would always crash and you'd have to reload it. It didn't do it this time. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, but what was really uh, cool about uh, Ubuntu Mate is, in the 2004, was it saw that I had a NVIDIA card and automatically loaded the driver for the card. I didn't have... I didn't have to go to the driver manager like I usually do and say, I want that drive. It just did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that that's neat because that is something that a new user, you know, you, you sometimes you can't even do that on uh, on Windows. Uh, so I was very, uh, very pleased with that. I know it was a minor thing, but it's a step that I didn't have to take. Uh, so all in all, it looks really, really well. I like. Uh, how um, you know the uh, Mate tweak tool still in there, and uh, he seems to polish some of his new interfaces. So I played around with that, and I was pretty Im- impressed. Um, but I, I finally went ahead and said, you know, uh, Bill, you've done enough distro hopping. You're burned out. You can't do it anymore. So I've settled on MX Linux as kind of my home. And I, yeah, and I, okay. I told, I told you that I spent about three hours uh, having a great time just customizing every little bit that I wanted, things that annoy yeah. me, and um, and so I, I did that, and uh, I was very, um, uh, I'm very pleased with the result, even though I'm weird and I spent you no know, more time. It took the, it took, uh, it maybe. 30 minutes to install and update everything, and I spent three hours customizing it. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so the last one I I didn't run, um, but I I wanted to mention it was uh, Zorin released a uh, point uh, update. And what I think they did is they uh, backported the uh, soft, uh, the hardware. Stack the uh, right, uh, enablement right. stack that allow them to uh, access more uh, modern hardware and give some better performance. And I've heard good things about that, but I just can't be bothered. I mean, Zorn is one of one of the one uh, my favorites, uh, but I just didn't have it in me to do anymore. <laughs> so. So I guess it kind of uh, boils down to right now. If you're looking for, if you're coming from Windows, um, then you look at uh, Linux Mint 1903. Look at Ubuntu, the 1910 Ubuntu Mate or the 1804 um, 
but if you if you're not quite ready, uh, look at uh, when 2004 comes out, which should be in what a, about three weeks or so. Yep, as we uh, record this. Yep. Yeah, so that will uh, I think that will blow your socks off on how good it is. They've man, they just it just seems to get better and better, and even Linux Mint has gotten you know better and better. They just keep polishing and polishing and polishing it. Someone mentioned and said, well, nothing really changes with, with Linux Mint. Well, yes and no. They they found what works, and they just continue making it better. Right, and right. So, and that's that's a good thing, I think. Yeah. And, and if you're looking for um, a, a learning um, a learning challenge or experience or uh, look at uh, Arco Linux and you know watch watch the videos. I think you'll um, you'll learn quite a bit and and you know they're not too long and they he's very methodical. So I, I I've enjoyed the ones I've watched and uh, all in all I, I had a good time. But uh, my uh, my fingers just I can't type any more passwords and do any more partitions. So <laughs> I just yeah, can't do it. Yeah, those poor hard drives are probably getting a little uh, weary of being changed every once in a while. <laughs> well, well, you know, I think uh, you predicted uh, jokingly that, you know, I would go over. Uh, I would hit 10 well I've hit probably 15 already so and it's yeah, not even yeah. you know April so anyway uh, there's maybe some ideas for people that are looking for a um, a Linux distribution to either learn on or just one that works without any trouble um, so if you do try any of the ones I've mentioned how about letting us know and, and give us your feedback yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so of the ones that you just mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. Linux Mint and Mint LMDE, Endeavor, Arco, OpenSUSE, uh, Ubuntu Mate, and let's just throw in MX Linux in there for good measure. Is there one there that you would recommend for somebody first time trying out Linux? Um, there's two. Uh, I can't. There's two that I'd recommend. The first one would be Linux Mint 1903. It's just okay. it's just a gold standard. Uh, it's been around a while. It's very polished. It mm -hmm. works on it, it works on anything Ubuntu would. Has a very uh, friendly and uh, familiar um, interface. The other right. one would be Ubuntu Mate. Mm -hmm. uh, and okay. I wouldn't say it's one and two. I'd say they're just kind of on. Uh, equal plat uh, platforms because mm -hmm. Ubuntu Mate uh, has like five different interfaces. So if you don't like, uh, and I think it's it, that might be the only thing that kind of uh, is a little bit more of a benefit than what Linux Mint 1903. I know they have a Mate 1.2, but most people go with the Cinnamon desktop. But uh, Ubuntu Mate has the one that looks like Unity. They have one that looks like, um, uh, uh, I would say it looks very similar like uh, because you know it gets away, uh, does away with the top panel and just has the familiar applications menu. Right. And then and then you have a Mac uh, uh, interface that looks very similar. And then there's one, I can't remember what the other one's called, but 
if you don't like the interface, uh, oh, I know what it is. They have the traditional uh, uh, Ubuntu Mate, or mm-hmm. oh, excuse me, uh, and then they have the traditional. And I, they're they're very similar. Uh, I think which one do you use? The traditional one, or do you use well, the modern one? Uh, I use the one that's based on Pantheon, actually. But I oh modify yeah, that's Pantheon's. It. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's one that uh, is designed specifically to look similar to Mac, which is called um, Cupertino. Yeah, Cupertino. And then the yeah. one, yeah, and the one that looks like Windows is Redmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pantheon kind of is in between those two, and I've. I, like I said, I've customized it a little bit to work with the workflow that I have, and it it works for me. I like it a lot. But the good thing I find about Ubuntu Mate's panel layouts, which is one of the sets of user interface tweaking that you can do, uh, is that they have the choice. And it, Yeah, that is definitely an advantage. Yeah, you can find what you want. You can change it with one click and you don't have to restart or anything like that. So it's really good, I think. So, um, so just so if anybody is going to try Ubuntu Mate uh, and you want to look at the different um, uh, interfaces, uh, you can bring that interface up by using, uh, I believe it's called Mate Tweak, and you yes. can just hit, you can hit your uh, min, your super key, which if you have a Windows machine, it will be the Windows key, and it'll bring up. And in a search, you just type uh, either Tweak or Mate Tweak. Tweak work brings it up almost instantly, and then it'll it'll, br- it'll bring up the uh, the panel that lets you make that choice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. If if you didn't know it was there, you would eventually stumble across it. But if you just want to say you wanted one like uh, Larry's, uh, the Pantheon desktop, you, you saw uh, the, uh, the Pantheon desktop on a YouTube video and said, I really like that, then that's the way you can get it um, very quickly. And then you can, of course, customize it even more. The, uh, the one thing that I would say uh, about... Linux Mint 1903 is uh, that I I like is that they you're able to go in and change the um, the colors. Uh, there's a lot more choices of colors, and you can you know it's there's a dark and there's light, and there's different you know different hues, and so you can really make the menus and the computer. You can make it bright red, you know with red letters or red backgrounds. So it's really, really customizable. Um, and you can do that too, in almost, not quite as much, but uh, Ubuntu Mate, you also can customize it if you don't like quite that much green. So Yeah, exactly. And wait for 2004. There's a utility that will be in there right in the welcome screen that lets you switch colors. I heard about that. So I'm kind of excited. Um uh, about to see how that works at Ubuntu Mate. And no, Larry, I'm not going to dis, uh, distro hop over just to see that. You're just going to have to send me a screenshot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've already tried out Ubuntu Mate, so okay. But they I didn't have the so. switcher in it. So, right, right. You know, sh- you show me a shiny, I have to go look at it. Um, <laughs> I'll send but, you a screenshot. Okay, send me a screenshot. But yeah, right now, MX Linux is working really well. I'm very happy with it after spending... 
half a day customizing it? I'd better be. So I, I guess I should just – that was a long answer to a short question. So look at Linux. If you're looking for one to get started, try Linux Mint or Ubuntu Mate. Uh, and I and either one of those you really can't go wrong with either one. They both have uh, a strong communities and they're, they're both easy to get started and they both support um, a lot of hardware. So yeah. All right. Okay. Well, with that, then let's move on from Bill's feedback <laughs> to our <laughs> our listener feedback. And uh, we start off today with a voicemail from Gregory, who uh, is talking about um, someone who wrote in an episode or two ago from, let's see, I think he was in Turkey. He identified himself as a German in Turkey and had some issues around hard drives. So let's listen to what Gregory has to say, and away we go. Hi, Larry and Bill. This is Gregory Cross calling from Kentucky. And I had a thought regarding uh, all the, the German living in Kentucky's issue with adding a second disk and uh, permission problems you ran into. Uh, this is a little bit off in another direction, but uh, uh, all those problems might be resolved by joining the two disks together uh, as uh, JBOD, just a bunch of other disks, you know. Uh, and this is accomplished by LVM, the Linux Volume Manager. Uh, when you're setting up the uh, computer initially, so then the two disks are treated uh, as if they are one big disk. Uh, they're joined end to end, and it's as if there were not two uh, separate drives. So it seems to me, not having tried this, that uh, any uh, encryption that would be applied would be applied to the whole span of the of the two disks and not just uh, two individual drives. So just a thought. Have a good day. Bye. Gregory has a, a point that that might work. So um, I, I never kind of thought about using LVM like that. Yeah. The only disadvantage I see is that now you've got essentially a um, arrayed array of more than one disk and you can't pull that disk out and use it for yeah. something else. Yeah, that so, that might be a problem, especially if a disc one of the discs goes bad. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, if it's a true raid that you're setting up using LVM, then you could pull it out and replace it, but depending on which kind of raid you're choosing, uh but if you only have yeah. two discs, you're probably not setting it up in a swappable, hot swappable <laughs> raid array. Uh yeah. yeah. You you would actually wouldn't you need at least three drives, one for a parity disc? I think so, yeah. So anyway. Okay, well it's something to 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 think about and yeah, it's certainly an option. So there you go. All right. So Gregory sent an email later and he said, Larry, I just watched Rocco's interview of you on Linux Spotlight number thirty-nine. Uh kudos to you. It was excellent. Now all the those podcast listeners know what you look like too. Regards, Gregory W8FJK. And yes, um, 
everybody gets to see uh, what Larry looks like, and um, it was a good interview. It was very good. I enjoyed. It. I, I I listened to it. Then I said, I wonder what it looks like. So I I, I know what Larry looked like <laughs> before, but <laughs> so I said, I I, I want to see how it, you know. I, I've never watched the uh, video version of his interviews because he does a lot of interviews with developers and members in the open source community, and uh, I was I was very pleased uh, at the quality at that you know editing audio can be time consuming but editing video is hard on any yeah. any platform yeah so yeah it is it is he does a good job uh both with the editing and just the production of the video podcast but he does a phenomenal job of interviewing people so you know i, I noticed uh, one thing I, i've listened to several of his interviews uh, he seems to use the same basic questions but how the person answers the question kind of directs how the uh, interview goes. And I thought that was a yeah. really clever way to do things. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, I've noticed that as well. And if you haven't had a chance to look at any of his videos or even just subscribe in an audio podcast, we'll have a link in the show notes to uh, Linux Spotlight, and you can listen to as many as you want. And he's done a lot. Well, he's done thirty nine as of <laughs> as of mine, uh, but uh, he's he's done at least one more since then. So he's he's a lot to choose from. And these are not ten minute interviews. These are anywhere between an hour and a half and two hours or two and a half hours long. So oh wow, be prepared to sit down and listen for quite a while. How long was your interview? About an hour and a half, something About like that. Half. By the time he cut it down, it was actually more like two hours in the in the recording, but there were a couple of things that got edited out and compressed down because we kind of wandered off. And <laughs> <laughs> no, really? <laughs> yeah, just a little. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to John. He sent us, as he put it, a query. Hi, Harry and Bill. <laughs> I think he means Larry. I would appreciate your advice, please, regarding implementing the following Linus security audit rec recommendations under Linux. Mint 19.3. One, access to CUPS configuration could be more strict. Two, check what deleted files are still in use and why. Three, you are advised to hide the mail underscore name option smtpd underscore banner from your postfix configuration. Use postconf-e or change your mail configuration file. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you and kind regards, John. Well, um, lots of details in there that make for fascinating listening on a podcast. So <laughs> I did um, send John some links to some things that I'll include in the show notes. And just by way of explanation, this Linus, which is L-Y-N-I-S, is a utility that can be used to um, test out the security of your Linux configuration. And the things that he was numbering out there for us are some error messages or some feedback messages from that software. 
for his particular installation. And the first one regarding cups was, of course, a printer-related mm -hmm. issue. And so uh, I found on the Linus website uh, links to their help and they've got a lot of good things on their help. And several of these things are articles that have numbers after them. And there's a PRNT-2307, for example. And that describes what to do and how to implement what they have suggested as um, a correction for the, the first issue that he mentioned there, which is making sure that only administrators have the rights under the CUPS configuration to change the printer settings. Something that, you know, most Linux users probably don't have to worry about because of the only user on the system. But it is, hey, it's security software after all, and they're going to make these kinds of suggestions. So they have a nice article on how to do that. And then the other one was something around um, deleted files or deleting files. It was to check which uh, deleted files are still in use and why. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and I don't know how that happens, why you delete a file and it's still in use unless you haven't rebooted. Well, we, uh, as uh, regular Linux users, you know, it's just one person at one time, but a Linux system can host multiple people at one time. Yeah. Could it right. be that this this guy over here is working on something and has deleted it, but this guy's also working on it? And because mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 they're separated, uh, this, he deleted the file, a system file, but it's this uh, guy is still using it. Could that be um, what it's talking about? Yeah, could very well be that. And uh, the last thing about the mail um, issue, uh, again, I provided some links on how to fix that. And there's also a link that the article links to that actually gives some more information on how to harden your email for security and privacy. So we'll have all of that in our show notes. All right. All right, and our next one is from George, who wrote about Paul's encryption problem. George writes, All the Linux systems I supervise are set up for single users, with data at work and now at home stored on a set of Synology NASes. I've not faced the problems Paul has. And this was Paul who had the encryption problem uh, on the separate hard drive, yeah, I think. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. However, I think this overview may help him. Installing Mint and selecting Encrypt or LVM interferes with GParted, and he provides a link to an article on the Linux Mint forum. Unless the data on the system is the kind a state actor will want to access by hacking, he's not gaining much by whole disk encryption. The problem is that to give a standard user access to the computer, each has to have the whole disk encryption password to boot the system, or the administrator has to unlock the whole disk encryption. LUKS is either locked or unlocked, and unlocked, the individual files are not protected by encryption. They are protected only when the drive is at rest, meaning powered down. 
Good if you're worried about burglars and shut down your system at night. Not so good if your battery-powered laptop is on when you're mugged. (laughs) And he provides an article, uh, At-Risk Encryption. Encrypting home folders used to be part of the basic Ubuntu install. That was removed with 18.04 because, one, eEncryptFS was determined to be buggy and not especially secure. Two, LUKS whole disk encryption is much more secure and faster than using eCryptFS on home folders. Linux Mint 19, modern Ubuntu, and Ubuntu-based distros won't offer home folder encryption at setup. It's possible some other distros might. My efforts to Google up possible distros failed in a deluge of irrelevant answers, mostly pointing to the new LUKS slash LVM scheme. And George continued, and he said, Paul might consider, one, don't select whole disk encryption while installing Linux Mint. Don't select LVM. Two, use FSCrypt, which is said to be more secure than eCryptFS, to encrypt partitions that can then be created with Gparted. Three, I believe he can create partitions on his second internal drive, encrypt those, and limit access to local standard users, although he would surely want the administrator to have the password so the drive can be restructured without destructive nuke and pave. And we've included some links uh, to that in our show notes. Yes, and George provided a whole series of links on security breaching home directories and encrypting a home folder and how to encrypt and a bunch of different things uh, that will be very interesting to someone who wants to encrypt their hard drive. Yeah, there's someone there about FS crypt setup on 18.10 and encrypt your hard drive in Linux. So yeah, he provided quite a few uh, uh, resources, so maybe they will help. And our last email is from David, who wrote about Linux via USB. I would suggest that you make it clear to potential Linux users that trying out Linux on USB is not really trying out Linux. If you run the USB standalone on a PC, it will not always work properly. Things like wireless adapter may not work. This made me doubt downloading and installing on my HP laptop which I recently purchased and refurbished. However, I took the plunge and partitioned my HP laptop on faith. LOL. And when I did, a full install of the Linux distro, I was able to download all the drivers. Bottom line, tell users that trying by USB ain't really trying. Heck, I even spent too much time looking over Linux forums when I didn't need to. Hey, it works or they would not publish the new Linux versions. Thanks, and keep up the good work. And by the way, I am running Windows 10 and Ubuntu Mate 18.04 side-by-side with identical apps. Not long until Windows bites the dust. (laughs) David. So uh, I I have some thoughts on that. I found uh, nowadays that if you're using Ubuntu Mate um, or Linux Mint or regular you know, any of the Ubuntu official flavors, 
the more mainline they are closer to their source, they seem to always work for me. I've put them in to totally foreign computers uh, that I was just showing someone what Linux looked like, and it has always found the wireless, uh, usually the the driver for the video display. Uh, I would say 99.9% always works. It might not be the optimal driver for that computer, but, but I've I found that uh, nowadays live distros work really, really well. Um, maybe in the past, you know, they were a little hit or miss, but I really, you know, I, I, if someone's trying it, they are trying Linux on a USB because that's what's running on the computer. It's, you know, that's what the computer's running from the USB drive. And uh, it's it's not uh, dissimilar to to running it from hard drive in the computer. So that's you know it's yes it might not have all the drivers for your particular hardware, but as a general rule they do a good job. And we both know uh, that you know when they release this the latest and greatest, sometimes it takes links a little time to catch up. They put the drivers uh, in the kernel or to make the adjustments to the kernel so it will run. Yeah, I I think you're right, Bill. I think David has a point as well, is that when you're trying on a USB stick, trying Linux using a USB stick, you are running essentially a stripped-down version of mm-hmm. Linux, and they try to put as much as they can in there. And... Every once in a while, I can see that there might be some hardware that has a a wireless card or some other component that requires a driver that they just didn't have room to put on that USB image. I mean, let's face it, they're trying to squeeze as much as they can into a two gigabyte disk image, and you can't get everything in there. Although the whole point of a live USB is to be able to check out your hardware before you install it, it is possible that there is some hardware that is not going to work on the USB stick, but will work just fine once you install the full distribution and it has access to the internet to pull down drivers and things like that. So yeah, I I see the point. It is rare that that happens. I have seen it happen on older HP laptops, Uh, perhaps like the one that David is talking about. And, you know, the older the laptop, uh, the more likely it is that it has incompatible hardware, especially Wi-Fi cards. So, yeah, we get your point, David, and you're right. But, you know, a lot of people um, put their toes into Linux and open source by starting with a... A USB thumb drive and see and learning how it works before they take the plunge. So, you know, it, they are using Linux, but yeah, we we get your point, David. About yeah, sometimes things just don't work. Yeah, and it's good that it all worked out once you got it fully installed. And I'm happy to hear that there's a a refurbished old laptop running a nice Linux distribution that. Uh, is going to work for you for a while and be supported and updated, as they say, on the Ubuntu site forever. You know? <laughs> so there you go. Or about as close to forever as you're going to get. 
Yeah, certainly longer than Chrome or Mac or Windows, Windows. would support anything. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. All right. Yeah, we've had a short episode today, not short in terms of length of the podcast episode, but uh, short in terms of the number of emails we got this time around. And that's okay. We appreciate it. And we appreciate Gregory's use of the phone line for the voicemail. I think we'll keep it around for a little while. Uh, at least one person finds it useful. Thank you, Gregory. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep on going. Well, I was going to say, at least you don't have to tell it you want to keep the line now. Someone's used it. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. And our next episode will be the episode on replacing Windows 7 and oh. upgrading to a Linux distribution. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.